It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think, it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Are you worried at all? Do you look no. I no. want to say this to the people of the United States. I'm not. Uh, I think that, I, I just get back to the, what I've been trying to say to you uh, throughout this interview. Uh, I think that uh, reports of the death of democracy in the United States are grossly, grossly exaggerated. Uh, America is a shining city on a hill. There were, there were some uh, weird and, and kind of unattractive scenes uh, back in the, you know, died. I mean, that, it was pretty serious. It was pretty, it was pretty weird. I, I, won't, I won't deny that. It was that. weird. I mean, looking from the outside, it was pretty weird. But I don't believe that American democracy is under serious threat. Far from it. I continue to believe that America is the greatest global guarantor of democracy and freedom. Wow. Now that was incredible. That was Jake Tapper trying to get Boris Johnson, the, uh, uh, the prime minister of England, of Great Britain to, uh, you know, agree with him that January 6th was terrible. And Boris says, he speaks up and says, I've been trying to tell you through this entire interview, let me say what I, I want to say this. And he finally says, you know, I don't believe democracy is in danger in the United States. I believe it's still a shining city on the hill that we all look to for freedom as a bastion of freedom. I just thought that was pretty amazing. You know, I've been hard on Boris Johnson this last couple of years because he so caved on covid this is like the old Boris Johnson, maybe regaining his sanity. I don't know. But it's a, still, it's a shot in the arm. Uh, I think that our our government is teetering. I think we're in trouble. I think we're in very big trouble. Uh, but to see how others view us um, and have hope for us and really want us to succeed, really that's what I'm, that amounts to. Because the other countries are looking to us. Because if America falls, uh, Western countries, uh, Western civilization is in is is in great hazard, and I think they all understand that. Well, today is an election in many of the states, and uh, I want I want to focus on that today, along with the other things that are in the news, which are huge. Uh, but today, there's a primary in Mississippi and Illinois and South Carolina and Maryland and New York and Oklahoma and Utah. Uh, in Utah, uh, Mike Lee is being challenged by. Um, yeah, can't think of his name, but he is uh, the Lincoln Project candidate. Uh, he left the Republican Party to, um, well, to be an independent and to go against uh, President, um, sorry, I got a note here I have to read, so, so to go against uh, President um, Trump. And uh, so Evan Evan McMullen is his name. He's just a nightmare. The Democrats are supporting him in, uh, in Utah. And so uh, Senator Lee uh, needs any support. If any of you listening and if relatives that you have there, if you agree uh, they they need to know what's at, what's at stake there. Evan McMullen is uh, you know this the 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 panpick child of the Lincoln Project. So also then in um, in New York State, uh, just something interesting. Lee Zeldin was a congressman. 
He's a great congressman, great conservative, just outspoken, just spot on part of the uh, Freedom Caucus. He's running for governor, and he actually has a chance to win there. Uh, but in South Carolina, I told you yesterday about this candidate who is, um, she's a candidate for Senate, and she's been, the uh, Project Veritas released a video of her colluding, colluding with a prisoner about uh, cheating in this upcoming election and how she was going to defraud people. Um, I'll find that name in a little bit later, but uh, I want you to know about what's happening in Illinois. We were supposed to talk to Mary Miller, and we're kind of waiting for her. There's been a little bit of a mix-up. Mary is the current congresswoman who represents uh, the, I think it's the 15th district, and it's been placed, it's been solidified into one district. This is a really important story, so stay with me. If Mary doesn't join us, then you'll understand why I want to underscore this. Rodney Davis has been serving as a Republican congressman in the 13th congressional district. Rodney Davis uh, has, a, um, as I I think it was a 56% score uh, by the American Conservative Union year before last. This year, he suddenly you know, moved to the right because that's what they do when it's time to be elected. And I pointed out to you yesterday that Rodney Davis uh, voted in favor of establishing this January 6th committee. And now he also chairs the, or is the vice chairman of the committee that could release the video of January 6th, all that stuff that the committee refuses to release and that his committee refuses to release. And he's been silent on that. But suddenly he's a champion. Suddenly he's working to investigate the January a Sixth Committee's hyperpartisan attempt to present a slanted viewpoint. Suddenly, he's coming out swinging, but he's been absent and silent when it really counted and actually doing harm by voting to establish this committee. So now he is, the districts have been consolidated, and he and Mary Miller, Mary, who's part of the Freedom Caucus, has a wonderful voting record on conservative issues, is a grandmother, mother of like six children, a farmer, just really um, a, an incredible woman. But um, now they are running against each other. So what's happening is that Congressman Miller is being attacked by all of these ads and mocked and ridiculed, and especially by establishment Republicans, and not the least of which are Rodney Davis. So I want to give you an example of what happened just in the last 48 hours. President Trump flew to central Illinois and did a rally, which was fabulous. I saw part of it, in which he endorsed Mary Miller, and Mary spoke at that rally. Um, and so while she was at the rally, if you've ever heard Mary on the show, you know that she's, she's not really a gifted public speaker. She, I, mean, I don't mean that to hurt her. She's, she's, she's got passion, and she's great on the issues, but she may never be, you know, Benjamin Franklin or some great orator. So she's speaking, and um, she stumbles. And I want you to hear what it sounds like, because you need to know. This is clip one. Let's listen. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. All right, so uh, I, I, when I researched this yesterday, I saw, like, I don't know, just article after article headlined, uh, like this is NPR, GOP congressman said, the end of Roe is a historic victory for white life. NBC News, Representative Miller thanks Trump for a victory for white life. 
So the uh, problem is she was trying to say right to life. She was reading from a script. No, I'm sure she was very nervous. She doesn't, she's kind of shy. Uh, she surely did not say for white life, and that's what they, she surely did not mean to say for white life. That's not what she said. She was stumbling. In fact, I'll let, let's listen to it again, and you see what you think. She meant to say it was a victory for right to life. That was on the script. Let's listen to what Mary said. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. All right, so now they're all running with this. And, of course, uh, she's uh, already the Republican establishment has been running ads against Mary, accusing her of all kinds of things that are not true. She, there's really, she's like a, uh, like a Snow White figure. Honestly, she's just the most beautiful person inside and out. I happen to know this from firsthand. Uh, firsthand. And so I want to read to you what her opponent, Ronnie Davis, has said in response to this smearing of her in the phrase that she got wrong or that she misspoke at that rally. Uh, he says, it's just another part in a disturbing pattern of behavior she's displayed since coming to Congress. This is why she uses the Biden basement strategy and refuses to answer questions or hold public events, whether it's catering to the extremes, praising Adolf Hitler, having a convicted child sex offender service or personal driver, and now these comments Miller has demonstrated she is not fit for public office. And then um, what Mary said about Hitler was that whoever has the youth has the future. She was repeating Adolf Hitler's phrase, whoever has the youth has the future. And uh, then Roddy Davis said that this, this is why it's so important to vote and shows the country Miller's behavior is unacceptable. It is just so bizarre, but that's politics and it's happening in Illinois. And so Mary joins us now, Congressman Mary Miller. Good morning. I know it's early for you, Congresswoman. Thanks for joining us. Not too early on the farm. I got up super early yesterday to help my husband and sons move cows and calves to a different pasture. And I actually had a guest here that has never been on a farm. And I told him, I said, hey, the most dangerous animal on the farm is the mama cow and she's trying to protect her calf. And I'm not dissuaded. I'm encouraged. I'm going to win. Um, it is disgusting that my uh, opponent, Rodney Davis, from day one, he came out uh, with a smear campaign. That's and it's pretty disgusting. It was it was very clear. I stumbled saying right to life. Um, but Rodney doesn't want to answer for his record. Um, he's a rhino, bottom line, and the American people are tired of being betrayed by their elected officials, and that's why I'm going to win. You know, a Congresswoman, can you just give us a couple of ideas? I know, Rodney, I looked up his voting record. I think it was for the ACU, and not this year, but last year. It was just so bad. I think it was like 56%, something like that. Can you give us an idea of bad votes or bad actions from, from uh, your opponent? Sure. It's actually 51%, and it's not my word. Please go to CPAC or Liberty Score or Numbers USA and look it up yourself. Um, I, I encourage people to look up the record. It's, it's healthy for all of us to have transparency and accountability. Well, he was the chief architect of the red flag gun confiscation, number one. Uh, number two, he uh, led the... Uh, the charge for amnesty with Adam Kinzinger under Barack Obama. Um, he stabbed President Trump in the back multiple times. Number one, he voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. 
he wouldn't say who he voted for in 2020. He voted to certify. And then those of us that were calling for audits, he said we were spreading misinformation. He voted for the January 6th commission, which is, uh, all of us know is just a witch hunt on President Trump and anybody that supports him. And, um, you know, he's, we wouldn't have the victories we have had this past week in the Supreme Court if, if he would have gotten his way and we would have had Hillary Clinton in the most liberal Supreme Court ever in history would have been the result. Congresswoman, let me ask you something. Why in the world would you want to stay in that cesspool that's called Congress right now? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Well, um, I'm a follower of Christ. I proclaim the excellencies of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said, I make it my aim to please him. And he reminded us that we are ambassadors for Christ and that we are to be doing battle, uh, overcoming evil with good. And I tell people all the time, uh, evil never retreats on its own, only when it's confronted by a more powerful force, which we know ultimately the force is the gospel, and it's Christians. We serve a supernatural God, and we are the natural part of that. Human beings using um, our you know, speech and our hands and our feet to battle evil and do good here on earth. I can't add a thing to that, Congresswoman. And uh, so let me just say this, this is happening uh, in the, fifth, the new, newly formed 15th Congressional District in which uh, Rodney Davis is moving, so he's fighting to preserve his right and his ability to do the bad things he's been doing. Uh, so don't be deceived. Please don't be deceived. I want to also point out in the 17th District, uh, Jeremy Conaway, who is the current chairman of the Mercer County Republican Party, has alerted me that uh, Esther Joy King is running, and he says that she is an incredible... She's a um, uh, captain in the U.S. Army Reserves. Uh, she almost won against Sherry Bustos, who in Illinois is like uh, Nancy Pelosi to them. And she almost beat her. And so he says, please vote for Esther Joy King in the 17th District. Mary, Congresswoman Mary Miller, get some rest today. This is, it's all done. Now your <laughs> campaigning is done. And so the, the rest of you. Gets married Saturday. Oh, really? No, no kidding. For me. No oh, my gosh. All right. Well, never arrest for a farm wife who has six kids and is also a congresswoman. It's a pretty amazing story. Listen, we, you know we wish you the best and more than wish we pray that God will grant you favor. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign stand with them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. Org. This is Pause to Pray, 
a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Doug Lowy, Acting Director of the National Cancer Institute. The NCI leads, conducts, and supports cancer research across the nation and helps people live longer and healthier lives. Jeremiah 33, 6 reminds us of God's restorative power. Behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them abundance of prosperity and security. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Doug Lowy as he helps lead our country's cancer research efforts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. It was supposed to be a routine call, but police officer Andrew Brooks soon discovered it was anything but routine. A man in Middleton, Connecticut, called the police for help. He was distraught. He told Officer Brooks and his partner that he'd had a rough week, he was hungry, and he didn't know what to cook. Now, instead of reading the guy the riot act, Officer Brooks grabbed a skillet and got to work. And in no time at all, he'd prepared the gentleman a delicious homemade supper. Sometimes it's something as simple as an egg and cheese sandwich that can lift someone's spirits. Protect and serve, that's what police officers do every day in this nation. That's what Officer Brooks did with that delicious sandwich. The book of Isaiah reminds us to feed the hungry and to help those in trouble. And in doing so, your light will shine from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as the noonday sun. Well, the sun is shining mighty brightly in Middleton, Connecticut. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you. It is Election Day. It's Election Day in Illinois, in Mississippi, in South Carolina, in Maryland, in New York, Oklahoma, and Utah. So please go to iVoterGuide.com. And uh, get information on where these candidates stand, how they voted, their background, who's supporting them. That's a great resource. Uh, talk to people that you know and trust, not that just know stuff, but that you trust their judgment. Uh, and uh, be su- sure that you go to the polls today. I want to share one other story before I introduce our next guest. Because you may recall that John Eastman has been on the show a lot. Uh, John was scheduled to be with us, I believe it was late last week. And at the last minute, he canceled. And so yesterday I heard from him to explain why he canceled. And last night he was on with Tucker Carlson, which will explain to you why he canceled, because the event he described happened the night before he was to be our guest. This is clip five. The warrant doesn't say. It authorizes them to seize my phone and all the information uh, contained in the phone. But there's no indication of, uh, of, of any crime that this is connected to. Um, that's apparently in an attach in an affidavit, but the affidavit wasn't attached to the warrant. The Fourth Amendment's very clear here. Uh, when they search and seize your property, they have to give a particular description of the things to be seized. 
And, and saying it's identified in the affidavit, if they don't attach the affidavit, doesn't qualify. The courts have been very clear about that. So this, this warrant is invalid on its face. Um, but more importantly, and I, and I think this is extremely important, the, the authority to seize all of my information in modern, modern smartphones, that's access to all my private financial records. I'm an attorney. It's access to all my privileged communications with nearly 100 different clients that I have currently. All, this stuff, this stuff uh, is what we used to call a general warrant that the British king issued to just go rummage through somebody's belongings to see if they could find evidence of some crime. The very reason we have the Fourth Amendment is to prevent that kind of abuse, and yet that's what they're doing here. As an attorney, I have ethical obligations to do everything I can to protect the privileged communications with my clients. So we will be filing a, a, a motion, it's called a Rule 41 motion, to retrieve my phone, to retrieve any information they've taken off of that phone that they have illegally seized from me. Uh, and we'll be doing that uh, in, yeah. in short order. But, but, you know, what they're doing, the other thing they're doing is they're forcing those of us that, you know, don't bow the knee to the Biden administration to rack up hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees trying to protect our constitutional rights and those of our clients. So let me, let me ask people, givesendgo.com slash Eastman, help us, help us fight this abuse. We've got, to, we've got to stand together to fight yeah. against this. Yes, and this comes on the wings. Now, what happened was that John and his wife were leaving a restaurant and the FBI, there's a video of this. News cameras were there. Somehow they knew. Go figure. So John was there walking out of the restaurant with his wife, unbeknownst, you know, unaware. And the FBI comes up. I don't know how many agents uh, they come up and they seize his phone. And he's saying, as uh, he's standing there, I want to see the warrant. Is there a warrant? I want to see a warrant. And after they have seized his phone, they hand him a warrant, which, as he said in that clip, is not detailed, which it has to be by law. And so um, I'm just saying, you know, Jeff Clark was, the, the FBI raided his home uh, the morning of the J6 hearing where he was trashed uh, by former justice officials. It's just amazing. I want to read one quote before I introduce our guest, Claremont Institute, which is where John uh, Eastman is employed, says, our, our increasingly totalitarian government seems to have adopted the infamous mantra of the chief of Joseph Stalin's secret police, who said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. So that's what's happening, and we cannot stand for this. We cannot stand for this, and that's why. What can you do? Well, today, you can vote. We've got to get people in there that we can trust. It's time to fight. If you've got a lazy congressman, I don't care if he is pro-life. I don't care if he did hug your baby. Get them out. It's time to clean house. We have to have people serving in that building who will actually fight, and there are only a handful of them right now, and they need help. So Illinois, Mississippi, South Carolina, Maryland, New York, Oklahoma, Utah, get out there and vote today. Pastor Bill Ledbetter is my guest. He is the senior pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Durant, Oklahoma. He was a former businessman. He's into all kinds of ministries, a master's heart ministry, which is a prison ministry. He also leads a, um, a, an effort to reclaim America's Christian and constitutional heritage. Uh, he was named by Bot Radio Network as Patriotic Patriot Pastor of the Year in 2015. He's been a chaplain for the Oklahoma House of Representatives and the Oklahoma Senate and so uh, he's the chaplain for the Durant Police Department, and he's involved in what's happening in Oklahoma today in this election. And so with that, Pastor Bill, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sandy. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I don't know why I'm optimistic. I guess because I, I know who wins. 
I trust God, and uh, but meanwhile, I'm fighting. <laughs> That's how I am. Um, and I think that would probably describe you based on what I'm reading. Let me ask you specifically now about the Senate race. Let me explain that there are two different races that are Senate-related. This is unusual because uh, Senator Imhoff retired, and so there's a special election for his seat. And then there is uh, uh, James Langford is up for re-election. So I'm really interested about your perspective, Pastor, on those races. So I'm just going to turn you loose. Well, um, uh, those races, of course, are critically important. Um, and the one for Senator Inhofe's seat, there are many candidates uh, seeking that election there. And um, some, of course, are better than others, strong and ready to serve. Uh, there are some in that race who understand the Bible principles upon which this nation is built. They understand that we are a constitutional republic, and those are the ones, two or three, that need to be elected in this in this particular election. In the other Senate race with James Langford, um, he's the leading candidate probably in this race. And one of the things that's become very concerning, Sandy, in this time, very alarming, is the dark money that has entered the races here in Oklahoma. Shocking, really. Uh, we get we get numerous mailers every single day, large five-by-nine, beautiful, beautifully constructed mail pieces that attack good candidates and good people and smear their names, uh, clearly with nefarious motives, and most of the time with incredible lies. What we find is they'll take a, a little smidgen of truth and couch it in a message to grease the skids of the lie so that when you see the mailer and, and people are spending as much as $100,000 for a single mailer, and the message is to smear good candidates uh, who are running for office. And one of the most incredible things about this is that these candidates are, are all people who understand that America is a nation built upon the Bible and that we are a constitutional republic. We're not a socialist state. And all these attacks are against those kinds of candidates. I hadn't seen no. a single smear campaign against anybody else. Okay, Pastor. Well, that's, you know, that's the story everywhere. I just talked about Illinois where that's happening, too. Uh, but I know it's awkward for you, so perhaps you're not willing to talk about personalities, but we have to because people are going to the yeah. polls today. And I, I so I need yeah. you to be specific. Uh, but, uh, James Langford, uh, my personal opinion and my uh, observation of him since he first got elected is that he loves leadership. He loves leadership. He sides up with leadership. He votes with leadership most of the time. And I have a problem with that. Um, uh, his overall voting record may be fine. He may be one of those that's pro. Yeah, he is. He's got some good vote votes, uh, but he's not a fighter. He's not fighting. He's just not. And uh, I don't know anything about Jackson Lamayer. La La he, he's a pastor too, right? Yes, he is. And he's uh, endorsed he by Gen General Flynn, right? Uh, he is. Yes. He is. Okay. Um, um, well, specifically um, speaking of Senator Langford, uh, I know him. I have supported him uh, at length uh, since he ran for office. Um, my take on Senator Langford is that he's learning and that he's growing. He's, he's made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but knowing him, listening to him on the campaign trail here, uh, I still believe in him. 
because I see him learning. He's learning the principles upon which this nation is built. Why did it take him so long to... Look, listen, Pastor, I'm going to challenge you. I am learning too, but why is he so slow? He's been in the thick of this. He's been slow, too slow for me. I've interviewed him. I've been disappointed because he has no passion. Now, I, I hope you're right. I hope he gets elected and he does a wonderful job. But the the house is on fire. The house is on fire. We don't need lazy firemen who are slow to learn. And so I don't know Jackson Lehmeyer. I know that, uh, again, General Flynn is endorsing him. But I just people can decide. They can go to... Uh, I voter guide, and they can go uh, figure out who Jackson Limeyer is, and also who, who what uh, who's supporting uh, Senator Langford. I imagine it's Mitch McConnell and that particular uh, part of the Senate leadership. And I, I have a problem with that, but I have a very strong view, and you can hear, hear that. But I'm confu- concerned about this other race. A lot of people are saying that Mark Wayne Mullen should not win this special seat uh, of Senator Imhoff's seat that's been um, vacated. I don't know why they have. I don't know much about his record. Can you tell us, enlighten us about that? Well, um, uh, Congressman Mullen, um, uh, I think again is a man who has been learning the principles upon which this nation is built, and at times he's had strong a strong record uh, of voting for um, uh, what I call Bible principles law that's based upon the right principles, not just necessarily conservative principles. Um, but we've seen him sometimes, you know, vote with the liberal side as well. And that's caused concern in people's hearts at some time, sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I still support him. Um, I still believe in him because I've seen him fight in areas where we needed him to fight. Uh, in that race, Probably the strongest candidate in that race is uh, former Oklahoma Senator Nathan Dom. Uh, he is deeply rooted in the Bible principles. He is courageous. He is a good lawmaker. Uh, he's the strongest candidate in the race uh, by far. Uh, Jackson Lawmeyer, I know him. He's a pastor. He was a, a field coordinator for Franklin Graham. He's a good man. He's passionate. Um, uh, he's fiery. Uh, he's a good man as well. And yes. so, you know, I like them both. But uh, yeah. well, okay. but I'm I'm backing I'm backing Mark Wayne right now because uh, I think he's going to come on and get the job done. Oh boy, Pastor, you and I are on such opposite fences. I, you know, from my <laughs> con- connections in D.C. and people who are following the issues, they all say, "Do not, do not vote for Mark Wayne Mullen." So I think people are going to have to look into this. Uh, I, uh, Nathan Durham, I've heard. What's it? Is it? What's his last name? Dom. It's it's Dom. Yes. Dom. Okay. I don't know anything about him other than I've heard good things, and you've just said good things about him. So I, I have no one to. Uh, T. W. Shannon's the former Speaker of the House. I've heard good things about him too, uh, but overwhelmingly, I hear from people who are watching the votes in D.C. and watching the behavior. A lot of times, you know, you think back in the. Uh, this is what happens, Pastor. And you probably know this. Uh, I've been around the block a long time. These guys in their district come back and they say the right things to you, Pastor. They say the right things to their constituents. But people in D.C. who are actually watching what they're doing, when they're there, have insight that maybe 
maybe you might want to seek out. I should probably put you in touch with some other people because you're in an important position to influence people. And God bless you for doing that, talking about the foundings and stepping out and not just uh, staying safe, as so many pastors are. So I, I'm i grateful to you for that. But I have a feeling that you may be... Uh, We've got a, I've got a, there are several situations like this. I know there's a situation in Florida of a Daniel Webster who has a wonderful name. Uh, he presents himself as a Christian. He's been representing the Central Florida District for years. But uh, in D.C., he does nothing. He's got the seventh worst, worst record of attendance in the House. Uh, he did nothing mm-hmm. to defend President Trump. These are the kinds of things that you might not know. But when he comes back to his district, he's all smiles and hugging babies. And he's pro-life, don't you know, but never does anything about it. So you have to separate the talk from the action. And uh, I'm just, I'm counseling you on the air because uh, this is something that I know well. So just be careful that you personally don't get snookered. Is there, is there any other race in Oklahoma that you, that you want us to know about? Well, they're, they're all critical. Uh, there's one for U.S. Congress that's uh, District 2 that's critical. Um, but let me say that, Sandy, um, uh, the one thing we need right now is candidates across the board that are fiery, that will stand, that will stand on the principles no matter what, even if it costs them. Yes. I think where I come from is 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 uh, sometimes I start with candidates that I see them learning and growing. And once they learn the principles, I believe they may get it done. Uh, I know where people are coming from when it comes to Senator Langford and Congressman Mullen. Uh, I guess sometimes I hope that we're finally going to turn the corner once they understand what the principles are and where they need to stand. And, and that's very, and listen, that's a and very so that's, uh, compassionate, grace-filled opinion. And I, I, you know, but, but, but here's the truth. The house is on fire. The learning yes, curve is. is over. And if they're not fighting now, they should not be. They should not be in there. So that's my battle cry for all of you in Oklahoma. Well, and uh, Pastor, uh, thank you. I just uh, I wish I could sit and hear you preach, uh, but I appreciate, from what I've read about you, you've accomplished wonderful things, and I hear your heart. So thanks for joining us this morning, and stay the course. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse. Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. To read this article, visit EngageMagazine.net. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. 
The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. There were added that day about 3,000 souls. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The day of Pentecost concluded with 3,000 converts being added to the initial body of 120 believers. Then that 3,120 spent time together daily, going to the temple and interacting in each other's homes. They devoted themselves continually to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing meals together, and praying together. The 3,120 that made up the early church came from Turkey, the Middle East, and Africa, and included Arabs and Romans. In addition to the geographic and ethnic diversity, they also spoke different languages. Yet they were made one family in Christ Jesus. Scripture has the answer to the issues we face today. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments, and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called, and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. As President Biden confers with other leaders this week, the disconnects between his stewardship of our security and steps being taken by our adversaries should be top of mind. Instead, they're scarcely getting any attention, especially here at home. Take, for example, Biden's squandering of our strategic petroleum reserves. In a bid to mitigate his policy's disastrous inflation of energy prices, the president has been selling off a million barrels a day, bringing the reserves to their lowest level since 1987. Meanwhile, communist China has been aggressively building up its stocks of not only oil, including Russian imports, but uranium, rare earth minerals, fertilizers, and food. Obviously, doing so reduces the availability of such commodities to others. In stark contrast to Biden's profligacy, moreover, they are consistent with the CCP's preparations for kinetic war and could prove decisive in our defeat. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And we know what happened to the Supreme Court yesterday. If you read Clarence Thomas' concurrence, he said, thank you, Clarence Thomas. Oh, you Clarence That's Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago at the gay rights uh, parade uh, rally uh, a couple of days ago. 
blank Clarence Thomas, blank Clarence Thomas, and then a call to, uh, you know, action. So Clarence Thomas now is being attacked as a racist, and uh, at least three of the justices have had to be relocated for their safety. All right, so, uh, and then I want to read something to you that's circulating on Facebook, okay? This is what it says. It's from Rip It Throw Away. That's the, uh, the handle. Maybe it's Twitter. It is Twitter. The radical Christians are found in rural areas. Their towns are defenseless. They have almost no cops, and their firearm firemen are volunteers. They have to borrow cops and firemen from neighboring jurisdictions miles away in order to handle anything big, and they think they're safe out there. Forget burning cities. Cities are on our sides. It's time for rural areas to feel the heat. You show up a hundred deep in every rural town and 50-mile radius intent on revolution, you'll crash their system and make them pay. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm dead serious. This was caused by backward, blank, rural conservatives operating out of a Christianized worldview. Even if they're not Christian, they're heavily influenced by it. They were the ones who voted for Trump in 16, those disillusioned, redneck, white, trash, blue-collar types who flipped massively for the GOP. Punish them. Punish their towns. They say Black Lives Matter burned the cities to the ground. Well, I say let them see firsthand what it's like when a community is truly burned to the ground. They want civil war? They should have been careful what they ask and voted for. I'm not the organizing type, but maybe someone who is can organize that. Start in a certain state in the Midwest called the South's Middle Finger to America. It's literally what the South would have looked like if it wasn't reconstructed. All right, I just, I want you to understand the danger of these times. Do you understand all those riots you're seeing in the street were organized on Twitter? So this is now, the radical Christians are found in the rural states. Who do you want representing you, ladies and gentlemen? I'm just asking, do you want somebody who looks good and has great hair and tells you they're pro-life and then goes and, you know, sometimes shows up and sometimes doesn't, never, never fights, never fights for legislation, never has any skin in the game, plays it safe? or even does bad things? Is that what you want? It can't be what you want. If you want to save this country, you have to put people in that are willing to fight, or you will be so very sorry. Um, So that brings us to Mississippi. Mississippi uh, had something really incredible incredible happen yesterday. Uh, Their attorney general, it's uh, Lynn Fitch, uh, has invoked that trigger law, which means, uh, as far as I understand it, Abortion is illegal in Mississippi, I think. But Rob Chambers uh, is our uh, executive vice president for the American Family Association Action, and he joins me this morning. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Sandy. What did that mean? Attorney General Lynn Fitch, what actually happened in Mississippi with their trigger law? What's true here? Well, in the past legislative session, the state of Mississippi, or the legislature of Mississippi, passed a bill that uh, that would basically, if or when Roe v. Wade would be reversed or overturned, that abortion would be illegal in the state of Mississippi. And uh, and she signed, and, and it would have to go put into effect by the attorney general, the way the, the bill was written. So the attorney general signed that into, signed that and put that into effect uh, yesterday, which means and within 10 days from yesterday, that that Mississippi will it will be illegal to have an abortion in Mississippi. Uh, there is a a, a rape exception, uh, but those women who would uh, report that or t- 
tried to have an abortion in the cases of rape, they would have to uh, they would have to go the procedure through the um, police enforcement to say, hey, they've been raped. Here's the perpetrator, and uh, go through that that process to prove that they uh, that they were raped. Yeah. Okay. So in well, order to obtain an abortion. Well, several several states have these trigger laws, and I just quickly, I don't want to get off on this because I want you to talk about the races in Mississippi mm-hmm. today, but a judge just yesterday blocked uh, the Louisiana abortion trigger law from taking effect, and I think there's a couple of other states too, so it's, this is all playing out in the states. All right, so Rob, mm-hmm. I know nothing, mm-hmm. I know nothing about races in Mississippi, so can you help us okay. figure out what's, what's well, happening absolutely. there? Absolutely. If you're in the state of Mississippi and you live in Congressional District 2, 3, or 4, I encourage you to go to the polls today because today is a primary runoff election day in these three congressional districts. And uh, what you said a little bit earlier, Sandy, about courage, about electing people who have courage to uh, to do the right thing, and and not only courage to do the right thing, but the the courage to uh, to to challenge the status quo. Um, that means things like uh, funding Planned Parenthood through Title Ten funding. And things like that to have the courage to say no, enough is enough of sending money to Planned Parenthood, and uh, and there's some candidates that are doing that. There are some that are not. Um, but the first congressional district I'd like to talk about is uh, Congressional di- District Number Two. There are two candidates there in the Republican primary runoff. That's Ron Eller and and uh, Brian Wesley Flowers. And Brian Wesley Flowers has a, a conservative conditional rating, and uh, Ron Eller has a leans conservative rating. Uh, Eller believes in some weaker form of religious liberty. He's not a, a strong, real, uh, a strong candidate on religious liberty, as our voter guide looks, and um, or as he has told our, our voter guide, our voter guide that we have published online at ivoterguide.com. But that congressional district—that's a 13-plus Democratic district. That's Benny Thompson's uh, congressional district. Benny Thompson's the one that introduced the. Uh, January 6th commission uh, bill to basically, you know, put in place very much what we have seen, what we're seeing today through Nancy Pelosi. He's he's presiding over it. So we, yeah, that's the Benny Thompson, just so to be clear. He's the guy you see presiding over the January 6th uh, Soviet style commission. So, yeah. so that's that seat. And okay. So that's, yeah, that's uh district two. So that's, um, that's, like I said, that's a 13 point Democrats have a 13 point lead in that district. So I, I it's it's an uphill battle for either of those candidates to to prevail in the general, but but uh, you have to start somewhere. Okay, so the second one is congressional district number three. That's between uh, candidate Michael Cassidy and candidate Michael Guest. Uh, Michael Cassidy is evaluated as a conservative candidate. Uh, he is a uh, Navy pilot. He's in uh, the Naval Reserves, and uh, he filled out our survey. Very strong, uh, very strong survey on the voter guide. Uh, Michael Guest is evaluated as Lean's conservative. Uh, he is the uh, Republican incumbent seeking reelection. What we're seeing, Sandy, in, in a lot of states, and it's showing here in Mississippi as well, that there's an anti-incumbent sentiment. What we're seeing here is uh, Michael Guest is the incumbent. He failed to get 50% of the vote in the uh, in the primary election, as well as the candidate in the in the fourth congressional district. The incumbent Stephen Palazzo also failed to get 50% of the vote. So in Mississippi, we're seeing uh, a really a strong anti-incumbent sentiment, and and I believe Sandy, I believe it's really rooted in 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 candidates or incumbents who are are not fighting against the 
political apparatus in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, Michael Guest, I think one reason why people are, are more people voted for Cassidy than Guest is because Guest voted for the January 6th commission bill that Benny Thompson introduced. Uh, all uh, several members of the co- of Congress voted for that bill. Uh, about 35 members of Congress voted for it. Most of those people that voted for that January 6th style commission uh, are members of the Tuesday group. Those are your moderate to liberal leaning Republicans. And McConnell and McCarthy both encouraged the uh, Republican conference to vote against that bill, but uh, Michael Guest voted for it. So the, the p- voters in that district are seeing, they're paying attention, they're knowing what's going on. And uh, Michael Cassidy, on the other hand, that's running against Michael Guest, uh, we don't know a lot about him other than what he's telling us. But what he's telling us is is very good. But um, so anyway, it's just up to the candidate to go, excuse me, the voter to go to the uh, I Voter Guide. You see how the candidates compare and go vote today. The last okay, so one, the, Sandy, yeah, is... the last one. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, well, I, I want you to move one, so. on to that. Yes, please. Yeah, look, so the last one, then we can chat about it if you want to. So the last one is is uh, Congressional District 4. That's on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Uh, the incumbent there is Stephen Palazzo. He has the four, 45th... Uh, highest absentee rate of, of voting in, in, in Congress. That means about 400 people. He's, uh, he's, he's performed worse in voting than uh, about 400 other people. So he has a very uh, low attendance rate when it comes to voting or doing his job in Washington, D.C. Uh, his the constituents in his area are saying that he's not in his district. If he's not in, in his district and he's not voting, then then where is he? That's some things that people are bringing up. Uh, so again, there's some anti-incumbent sentiment there. Uh, Mike Ezell is a sheriff there on the Gulf Coast of the state of Mississippi in Jackson County. Uh, sheriff Ezell filled out our survey. Uh, he's also rated uh, conservative uh, conditional, which means he doesn't have a voting record. Uh, is why it's conditional, but uh, he is, he's, uh, you can go to ivoterguide.com, that's ivoterguide.com, and see how these candidates compare, and then I encourage you to go vote today in these primary election runoffs. All right, so this, I'm going to repeat back at least what I made. Brian Wesley Flowers is the stronger conservative in District 2. Uh, Michael Guest is the no, Michael Cassidy is the stronger conservative in District 3. This is me saying this, by the way. And it uh, looks as though Mike Izell, all Mikes, that's funny. Mike Izell, the sheriff, is the stronger candidate in, in uh, District 4. But you'll have to make that determination, as uh, as mm-hmm. Rob said, by going to iVoterGuide.com. Uh, Rob, that's a great job. Listen, I don't have time to chat. I, I wish we did. You do such a great job. I want people to know what a champion you are. You you stay on top of things. You know your stuff. And uh, we are so grateful to have you as our Vice President of American Family Association Action. So I'm proud of you, Rob, and thanks for your help this morning to help people in Mississippi go to the polls and have some knowledge this morning. Amen. It's mutual, Sandy. Thank you so much. Blessings to you. Thanks. Same to you. Talk to you soon. All right. A couple of things before we have to say goodbye here today. Um, I want to remind you that the January 6th uh, uh, retreat, uh, for it's the January 6th Truth and Light Freedom Festival. For the January Sixers and their families, mostly their families, they're incarcerated. Uh, and also for anyone that wants to come is happening this coming weekend. And if you 
uh, would like to know about this, uh, you can go to j6truth.org, j6truth.org. And in the in the course of that, if you can't go but you want to help, like provide scholarships, some money to make to help them make this event a success, they need your help. It's givesengo.com slash January 6th Truth and Light Freedom Festival. We'll put that again on our Getter page so that you can see that. And um, and I hope that you will uh, help them or go, you know, which I think it's in Missouri this year. Sorry, don't have all that information in front of me. But um, um, so today, again, uh, you know your marching orders, and it's, you know, just your duty, I guess I should say, as an American citizen. If you're concerned by what you're seeing in the streets, if the language and the vulgarity and the violence and the absolute uh, destruction of people's personal rights like John Eastman and uh, the attorney that was was arrested by the FBI and raided in the early morning hours it's uh, the, by the J6 committee who is just presenting one side, edited evidence, edited by the... I had had a story I couldn't get to this morning about another friend of mine, Ken Kuklowski, who... Uh, went before the committee and testified, and he has all these examples of how they twisted what he said, edited the tape. They won't release the uh, tapes, and they won't release the transcripts. Uh, This is a travesty of American justice, and if we don't stop it, it will happen to you. It will happen to you and your family in some form or fashion. What can you do? You can get out today and vote. All right, so uh, I want to say in the warmest possible way, that I will be back soon. I've told you that I'm taking a bit of time off uh, for some surgery and recovery, uh, but I'll be back. I promise I will be back, and in my place will be Christian Adams and Fred Jackson, two of my favorite uh, hosts when I'm gone, the knowledgeable men who know what they're talking about, and I'm leaving you in very good hands. So uh, do not do not fear and do not despair, but I'll be back, and you'll hear my voice in various ways in the next few weeks uh, in, in other, other avenues, okay? So God bless each and every one of you, and May God have mercy on our country. He gave us that wonderful decision on Roe versus Wade, which encourages me to think maybe, maybe he just might hear our prayers to spare our country. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.